Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. You're on. I'm on. This is Miss Kapow. It's Freedom Friday. And today is March 30th, 2018. Okay, before we begin, I'm serious. I'm not joking around. Super, super disclaimer here. Mm-hmm. A warning, I should say. This uh, next show, the show you're about to listen to, is probably one of the filthiest hardest dirtiest uh bunch of topics that we've ever done and i i know that's hard to believe because every week we talk about the dregs of human existence and i just i would say i'm speechless but i'm not speechless i could scud and Ms. Kapow and I were discussing this before we started rolling tape, so to speak, before we went on air, that how we, we really needed to pray over protection of our minds and our spirits and also our mouths, because I want to say things that would not be beneficial to you or to me or to anybody, um, it, because we're both so angered at this. So I'm warning you, you're going to be angered too. This stuff we're going to talk about is going to really set you off, especially our second story. Is going, you are... I know. I'm serious. So there's a disclaimer, and I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about, and that way you can choose whether to go on with it or not, because it's pure filth. It is. But as you know, we don't just talk filth for filth's sake. We talk about it with a spiritual perspective specifically a biblical, biblical scriptural perspective, not spiritual spirituality like new age. Like I'm so spiritual. I got a personal relationship with Jesus, but I don't know what his word says. We're not those people. We're the people who read, understand, study his word. And what we don't understand, we ask God for guidance and understanding and to open his word for us. And we live that word. We try to live that word. We're those people. We're not those people who just believe that you can just float through your Christian life with just a personal relationship and not understand what those commands are. Um, so when we do shows like this, it's always through that perspective. And like I said last week and other weeks, we used to do this as a warning for the perilous times that we're, we lived in or what was coming. Well, we're here the toilet's flushed. We're, the poop has gone down the pipe. We're in, right? We're fish food. It's over. And all we're doing now is basically when you do a show like this, you're just checking off a checkbox because you're that much closer to the end. Even if you, you weren't a Christian and didn't believe in, in the return of Christ or any of that, even if you were an agnostic or an atheist, what we're about to tell you and what we tell you every week is this society globally is collapsing. It's cyclic. If you wanted to believe that, that you have another cycle, there's no cycle, but if you want, so we're inclined, but what, where you're at now, it's over because the human race has become so morally bankrupt, mm. so anti-God. They have nothing of a higher source to believe in. There's no accountability to a higher creator God. The human is only accountable to themselves and their self-centered, narcissistic, mirror-looking, facey, 
Facebook selfie taking nonsense. And, and, and the human genome has become morally bankrupt and they have no guidance. They have nothing to guide them or to turn them to what is right. And so they do whatever thou wilt. It's the whole of the law. It is the new one world religion is paganism. That's what we're living today. It's not coming. It's here. And we're full bored into it. And you as a biblical Christian, if you chose to believe in the Bible as the word of God and the standard in which we should live, you are such a small, small, small minority. And you're not going to change these things. Don't think you're going to go out and be a social justice warrior for Christ and change anybody. Your job, should you accept it, is to obtain that eternal life for yourself and make sure your soul is saved and that you're going to get on that bus when it arrives. Everything else flows out of that. Mm-hmm. All right. Ms. Kapow, if you'll start with, oh, before you start with the scripture, let me just talk what we're going to talk about so you can choose whether you want to listen. The first story is irritating enough because we're going to talk about this transgender couple that's so confused. It's the new paganism. It's the new religion that's being forced upon all of us. This story comes out of the UK, but it's global and it's so annoying. You're going to want to scud. But the second story is the one I'm really talking about. It is this professor that teaches at the Holy Cross College. It's a Jesuit school. I'll talk a little bit about the Jesuits if you don't know who these clowns are. And this this guy is so, how do you say it, Ms. Kapow? I, blasphemous, is, is, it doesn't even do it justice. No, it doesn't. He's, he's a God-hater. And he's a professor of New Testament studies teaching young people theology. When we read this story, I mean, I just, I want to put my fist through the wall. Mm. But you know what? I'm just, I am just a monkey in this circus. If I was God, I'd blow this guy up in a million pieces in front of everybody. I just blow him up because this guy needs to be blown up. But I'm not God. God, how is God going to judge people for for um, rejecting truth, unless He has clowns like this out here telling this truth, and people either believe it or they don't? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How can how how can I write you a ticket for running the red light if you never run the red light? <laughs> if I just fix it for you all the time. So when, I, when we read this story there, I'm warning you right now, there are parts in it I refuse to talk about. I'm not going to read what everything is written in the article because it is so blasphemous to yeah. Jesus Christ, to our Father God. It is so terrible. If you want to read it and you can stomach it and you're, and you're mature enough to do it spiritually, really, it's on our Facebook page. It's a Holy Cross professor says Jesus was a drag king. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. The third story's just as despicable. It's, it's a small child, kindergarten child, kindergarten sodomized by classmates. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if we get around to it, we'll talk about Ellis Cooper. And the only reason we want to talk about Ellis Cooper in this Easter uh, season, because there's a lot of deception out there. There's a lot of Christian movies coming out and, Christian, Easter's like Christmas. Everybody's Christian. And uh, it's nonsense. And Ellis Cooper is nonsense. And what he says is nonsense. And the only reason I want to point it out is to show you the key words that are missing in um, his Christianity. All right? So your choice is yours. If you continue on to listen, it's up to you. But it's this is really one of the hardest shows that uh, we're going to do. And it's just disgusting. Mm. So, Ms. Capel, if you'll take over from here. Okay. Well, um, I was going to read scripture in um, in Job 27, 
But as I was reading these other stories, um, Romans came Good. to mind. And I'm just going to read from uh, Romans 1, 18 um, through 32, I believe it ends at 32. Yeah. Okay, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, and neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. And for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that, which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And the Apostle Paul, he couldn't have wrote something more apropos. There's a lot there. There's a lot there in those scriptures. But essentially, what he's saying, it's like in his day as it is in our day. You can lay every societal problem that we have, not on Islam, not on communism, not on socialism, not on Hillary, not on the Democrats, not on Republicans, not on Trump. You can lay every societal problem we have on one thing. That's the rejection of truth in God. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are or who you think you are or what church or organization you belong to. When they reject the word of God, the truth of God, and they say, I no longer need this God. I no longer need his son. I don't need redemption or salvation. I see it my own way. I don't need truth. I don't need the scripture. I see it my own way. Because when you you reject God's word, you reject God. Amen. Yep. yep. No man comes to the father, but through the son. You reject Jesus Christ, you reject God. You and can't you be a no spirit. Truth. You have no truth. <laughs> You can't be one of these new age, you know, American Indian shaman, spiritual Christians and, oh, I I love God and God. And you only think of God, God. You never mention Jesus because God is less offensive than saying Jesus because you can't go to God the Father. You might be worshiping God, but it's Satan. You can lay every ill that we have, society, mental, physical, spiritual, on the fact that that humans reject the truth of God. And they've done it since the beginning in the garden when they disobeyed and ate of the fruit of a tree that they were commanded not to because they listened to a reptile rather than the creator God. And we've been doing it ever since.
ever since. And like that passage says, reserve for judgment. There's judgment because he's a righteous God. Mm-hmm. It's a righteous God. Miss Capel, the first story. This is from the sun, which, you know, everybody knows is a rag, but <laughs> from the UK, this is in the UK. It's called a trans couple wed transgender army officer, Hannah Winterborn weds actor Jake Graff, who used to be a woman. (laughs) And the newlyweds will be living in army married quarters as they both say, quote, just like everyone else. (laughs) This is the new religion. This is the, this is the paganism that's being forced on you. And let me stop there and tell you, go, go, not right now, but when you get done listening to the show, go to fifth hook media, uh, our homepage uh, there, Fifth Hook Media on Facebook. And I posted an article. Thank you, John, my good friend, John uh, Montero, for uh, getting this to me because the one I had originally posted didn't link right. And it's a well-written article worth your time called State Enforced Paganism in America. And it specifically is talking about the morality of this nation and transgenderism and the enforcement of it. It's really worth your time. All right. So back to the UK. Ms. Capel. Hmm. It says Captain Hannah. Uh, he, she is 31. Spent his, her first years in the army as a man. What? But he, she married Jake, who's 40 years old in London. You should see the pictures of these yahoos. Mm. This dude who thinks he's a woman named Hannah is six foot three, big wide shoulders and a big skull. Mary's (laughs) big man hands because it's a man. Mary's a woman a a lady who thinks it's a man and it's little it's got little shoulders and this weird face because it has this testosterone beard see in my opinion when it's female to male they always look weird they don't look right Mm -hmm. yeah they look and they look uh feminine yeah they they look gay because they can't get rid of the 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 female Mm mm-hmm there's some male to female that it's hard. You're hard pressed to tell. Um, so they get married. Uh, the delighted bride said on Monday night, I never thought when I was younger, this would happen to me. It's always a pipe dream. And they had a romantic uh, wedding. It was, it was great. They said, we're just like any other bride and groom. You see, but they're not, are they? Mm-mm. Are they? Uh, Captain Hannah Wed Jake in a ceremony, she said, was like a Disney movie. Isn't that beautiful? And they had a white wedding. A white wedding. Yeah. Uh, They're going to be living in the army married quarters near the barracks. And uh, to me, I'm just another girl married to another guy. As you transition and meet someone new, you kind of forget about your past. Really? Really? (laughs) You had a penis between your legs. You probably still do. Really? God, did you see the picture of Jake when he was a girl Mm -hmm. with the hair? Mm -hmm. What the, what? You guys, folks, you got to see this. Actor Jake said, we're just the same as everyone else with our flaws and ups and downs, but a little bit different. You see the agenda here? Mm -hmm. They got to push that this is normal. This is the new pagan religion. Mm -hmm. This is the one world religion. It's paganism. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not God, anti-God, is the one world religion. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's not coming. The Antichrist ain't going to institute it. It's here. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yep, yep, yep. It's the beast. So 
Hannah and Jake revealed they first got together because of a story that the son did on Hannah about her courageous decision to become a woman while still on army active service. So Jake said, I saw Hannah and the son. Remember, this is a female dressed like a man. I saw Hannah and the son and thought she was beautiful. She was on the front cover, so it was hard to miss her. So he told a friend that uh, Hannah looked cute. Well, then a week later, um, Jake said a week later, he saw this friend and she said, oh, I spoke to Captain Winterborn and she thinks you're quite cute too. Remember, this is a guy dressed like a chick. That's so confusing. (laughs) Your heads are exploding, right? So you got a chick dressed like a guy thinking a guy dressed like a chick is cute. And a guy dressed like a chick looking at a chick dressed like a guy thinking it's cute. Uh. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they, you know, they did the usual thing. Uh, Jake was in the Eddie Redmayne movie. Now, Miss Kapow researched Eddie Redmayne and this Jake guy. I think Eddie Redmayne is a female to male. Uh, he, he looks just like a female to male. Yeah, and but, he, he's really outspoken on the transgender, lesbian, LGBT thing. Yeah, you know I mean? now, why take up that mantle unless you have something invested in it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he, he's, he, he looks just like a transgender. Yeah, and the, Dana, the movie The Danish Girl was uh, highly praised, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about a, uh, a Danish painter named Lily, who was one of the first people to undergo gender um, surgery mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the 1930s. So that's why it was very popular and, you know, all that good stuff. And this Eddie Redmayne played this person. And Jake, this female to male, was in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's his claim to fame, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they want the kids. Ain't that great? Oh, Lord. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, Hannah admitted uh, she was absolutely terrified ahead of their first meeting because she had never had a boyfriend before, let alone been on a date. Because you're a man! <laughs> but the fact that Jake was also transgender made things easier. Okay. If not weirder, uh, Hannah... By the way, those living in the UK, you could be proud of this. As uh, the Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineer, uh, and she's like second, or he, he, she is second in command. Mm-hmm. And um, it said, I didn't have to explain myself. He knew how to deal with it. I've got a low voice, but he understood. Well, yeah, because it's a female dressed like a man. All the unsaid stuff made me relax. Before then, the idea of opening myself up to somebody was really difficult. I could imagine. I could imagine. Um, shall we take a listen at Hannah's voice? Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's listen to what Hannah sounds like. And I'm not kidding. This is a real clip from he, she. Here it goes. My name's Hannah. I'm 27 and I'm captain in the British Army. My job is second in command for a company of over 100 soldiers. I was selected for the Army at the age of 15 um, for officer training. Since then, I went through my A-levels and they sponsored me through university and I finally commissioned from Sandhurst in August 2010. Uh, so this is my office. Uh, it's where I spend most of my time uh, in work, where I deal with everything from soldiers' welfare and, and discipline and anything that comes through the door, really. I came out as a trans soldier uh, about a year and a half ago uh, when I was in Germany, and since then um, I've become the highest-ranking openly serving trans soldier in the regular army. One of my additional duties is that I'm the transgender representative for the British Army which sees me deal with education, uh, welfare, and dealing with any issues that uh, trans soldiers may have. Uh, The British Army is a fantastic employer for for trans soldiers. We've had policy since 1999, and it's all really, really clear, and it just helps everyone in the entire process know what their responsibilities, what they do and when, etc. It's just there to support the soldier, and it just allows us to get on with being soldiers rather than just being trans soldiers. Okay, we're, we're we're back. Is that hilarious? Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, uh, we're going to get down to a business of being soldiers rather than trans soldiers. Trans soldiers. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> read that article I put up uh, on our Facebook page. Seriously, read read that. 
uh, state-enforced paganism in America. Yeah, This is what it's talking about. Uh, it, it is talking about this kind of push with these mentally deranged people trying to make it normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on this story about Jake or anything? Uh, the, well, Jake Graff, he was born in London. He's a transgender actor, writer, and director. And she, um, she was very vocal at a young age about um, his knowledge of being a boy, despite being raised and treated as a girl. Feeling that he was missing parts that boys had, uh, Graff felt isolated and reclusive as a child. And at about the age of puberty, Graff learned to keep things to himself and eventually beginning the process, process of transitioning at age 28. Um, he was, uh, he did a lot of short films, uh, in 2011, he did XY. He also, um, directed and produced it. It was about, you know, changes into the transgender thing, you know, with a man, blah, 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 blah. Then he did in 2015, a movie called Brace. And it's a short trans themed film that he wrote. Um, and it's also about trans to about two men that fall in love with each other. Mm. And yada, yada, yada. Uh, Then he did a film in uh, 2015 called Chance. And that's also about, you know, two men, blah, blah, blah. And then he did another one in Dusk in 2017 called Dusk. And it's about a, it's a 15-minute film about a man born in a female body in the 1950s. And due to um, social pressures of the time, he lives to uh, an old age as a woman. So, you know, that's supposed to be you know whatever wow and so and then this uh red main guy um he did a lot of um movies a lot of um transgender lesbian type of movies and he says he looks a lot like his mom and that he's played a lot of uh women since he was a kid and he really enjoys playing yeah um, that's what i'm saying it's a it's a it's a chick dressed like a dude yeah i'm I'm convinced and I believe you. It's just that there's no, I can't find anything about that. Well, because he's and then he's married, you know, to a woman, so to speak, and he has two children, a male and a, f- a female. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They're very, they're very deceptive. At least this graph guy, uh, gal, or whatever, comes out and says, "Hey, I'm tra- I'm a transgender." Mm-hmm. But uh, the the ones you're really seeing on TV, I think most of them are. Uh, they they hold it secret, just like. Back in the day, they wouldn't admit they were gay, mm-hmm. like Rock Hudson and stuff. That was a big taboo. Yeah, but see, they're they're up and coming because they have this agenda, mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing. They're promoting this agenda. Mm-hmm. It's paganism. It's anti God, anti Christ. Okay, are you guys ready for number two? Oh, this Lord. is oh Lord, <laughs> I don't like this one. Yeah, I am, I'm gonna have to really. Go around it. This is um, <clears throat> from Bright Part. It's called Holy Cross Theology Professor Says Jesus Was a Drag King with Queer Desires. The cover of the story has that Conchita Worst on the front. You know, the dude mm-hmm. with the beard and the long hair? Mm-hmm. That's the cover they put on it. it. This is just, this is just such blasphemy. It's written by Thomas D. Williams, Ph.D., who then quotes really a gal named Eleanor Riley who wrote for the Fenwick Review of the Holy Cross class of 2018. And in the article, she's arguing that Professor Tat Siong Benny Lu, unconventional readings of scripture have brought a new theological perspective to Holy Cross. So he's kind of reiterating with what Eleanor Riley wrote. And he says, the theology program at the Jesuits, that's right, Jesuit. Mm-hmm. If you don't know who the Jesuits are, folks, please we'll do yourself a favor and understand who the Catholic Jesuits are. And don't you think for a moment they don't exist. Don't you think for a moment they're not in every place of government and education and in your evangelical churches pretending to be Protestant evangelical pastors and teachers? And their whole agenda 
is to take down the word of God and collapse biblical Christianity. That's right. And they proclaim their antichrist, the Pope, whoever he is, in whatever year, their Pope is the vicar of Christ and the Holy Church of Roman Catholicism is the only way to go. And that's their whole agenda. And they're deceptive and they're evil. Yep. And they should be blown to bits. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll get theirs. So this is a theology program run at the Jesuit-run College of the Holy Cross. And it's taken on a new tone ever since the school appointed a gender-obsessed chair of New Testament studies. And he claims Jesus was a drag king. <sighs> Letting the facts speak for themselves, Miss Riley suggests that the centrality of sex and gender to his way of thinking about the New Testament significantly covers colors the way Professor Lou presents Jesus Christ to students at the Catholic College. In a remarkable rereading of the Bible, Professor Lou has argued that Jesus is not only king of Israel and king of the Jews, but also a drag king, mm. as presented in the New Testament John. St. John's constant references to Jesus as wanting water, giving water, and leaking water. Ugh. Speak to Jesus' gender intermenacy and hence his cross-dressing and other queer desires, Lou contends. Mm. Folks, I'm not even reading the bad stuff. Yeah. There's I some know. stuff on here that I can't repeat because mm-hmm. I, I, I can't no. repeat it. Mm-mm. It is so bad. It's disgusting. I mean, it really is disgusting. He says, um, reading everything through the lens of gender, Professor Liu, L-I-E-W, Liu, L-I-E-W, finds sex in the most unlikely places in the life of Jesus. The episode of Jesus washing the apostles' feet at the Last Supper, for example, is suggestive, like a literary striptease and even seductive mm. because it shows and withholds at the same time, he claims. Uh, oh, you'll like this one. Loose sexualization of the sacred Christian text goes beyond reinterpretation of actions and extends to gender identity as well. You see what I mean? This is the paganism. You, you could blame whoever you want. Let's blame uh, the Kabbalist Jews. Let's blame the Jesuits. Let's blame whoever. This is satanic. Yep. This is the beast system. He goes on and says, for instance, Lou stated that in his gospel, St. John makes very clear that Jesus is a Jew, but he is less clear about whether Jesus is a biological male. Mm-hmm. Oh, and anyway, I'm not going to read this other part about the, you know, the erotic parts. Mm. Okay. And what makes the heterodox perspective of Professor Liu all the more scandalous at this Jesuit institution is that they are not reserved for some obscure graduate seminar, but offered to undergraduates. In his prestigious role as chair of New Testament, Professor Ass Clown often teaches New Testament, the college primary New Testament class. Wow. And guess what? He's in, he's in, he has position and prestige. What does the Bible say about about that? About how how these reptilians take care of each other and they put them up in high places and right? Mm. He has position and prestige, and it accompanies an endowed chair in religious studies, and it testifies to the esteem, folks, in which his work is held by the college's administration and academic community. Why do you mm. think they esteem this? blasphemies, paganism, God-hating, antichrist, son of a bitch. Mm. Why do you think they esteem him? Because he's a reptile just like they are. He's a Jesuit reptile. He's a son of Satan. That's why they esteem him. Mm-hmm. And his whole agenda here is to take young, stupid kids that go to this college in the first place and teach him this crap. Yeah. So they will go out and teach other people their crap and mm-hmm. turn them from God. And that is why all of society globally is in 
the place we're in. Right. And it cannot last much longer. Mm-mm. I just heard the other day about the Roman Empire. Roman Empire. Bill, uh, what's his name? Bill, uh, what, what's mm-hmm. the, the guy we listened to? He's dead now. Oh. Bill Cooper. Oh, I know him. William, William Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Bill William. was like, Bill who? Yeah, William <laughs> Cooper uh, was, was talking about the Roman Empire. And they were a republic with a document, a constitution, just like the United States once was. And then they go through certain stages of corruption. And the last stage that you see before any government, any society collapses is morality. Morality sinks into oblivion. Yep. This is so amoral. This story is so amoral. The story before it's so amoral. The stories behind it are so amoral. When are we going to sink? Any day now. Any day. And I'm talking the UK, the United States, Brazil, Venezuela, the whole bit, Japan, the whole damn globe. Mm-hmm. So anyway... About the professor, this Riley observes, he continues to be held up as an example and bold successor to the learned and discerning tradition of our Catholic and Jesuit College of the Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. And he was appointed to the endowed chair of New Testament studies, a distinguished mm-hmm. professorship associated with the religious studies department in 2013. Having taught previously at the Pacific School of Theology in Chicago Theological Cemetery. See, so he's he's shared his filth with... He's been doing this for a long time. Everywhere. And the College of the Holy Cross, in case you were wondering, was founded in 1843. And it's located in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it proclaims that its Jesuit Catholic identity has remained a constant throughout its history, informing and influencing everything we do. When you understand who the Jesuits are, Mm -hmm. that statement means a lot. Yep, yep. Because it's anti-Christ. Definitely. It's anti-God. It's Satan. They're Satanists. Mm -hmm. They hate God and they hate anything to do with God. And their whole agenda is to destroy biblical, godly truth. Yep. That's what this idiot's doing, and stupid idiot kids and idiot parents sending their kids to this mm-hmm. idiot. It's what um, Paul was talking about in Philippians, where he says, "For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, um, whose end is destruction, whose god is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things." It is going to end. Folks, it is going to end. Real close, real quick. Let me uh, let me give you a, a link here if you can remember this. Um, Roger Oakland is, or was, one of the uh, greatest biblical defenders. I- incredible dude. Yeah. Incredible. Um, not very well known, really. Uh, of course, why would he be? You know, speaking the truth. Uh, He was associated with Lighthouse Trails and Understand the Times and stuff like that. Uh, Go to understand the times, understandthetimes.org slash Jesuit dot S-H-T-M-L. Understandthetimes.org slash Jesuit. S H T M L. Is it Jesuit dot or just Jesuit? Jesuit dot S H T M L. Understanding, and I'm not going to obviously read this whole thing, but it's understanding the Jesuit agenda and the evangelical Protestant church. Uh, Roger Oakland was real big about calling out ecumenicalism, Mm -hmm. the blending of satanic Catholicism with Protestantism because the whole agenda behind these Jesuits was to bring back people back into the mother of the church mm-hmm. to become one. That idiot, uh, Rick Warren mm-hmm. is a satanic Jesuit. He, he's real big about doing that. There's millions of them out there. 
the church you go to is probably doing the same thing. Just just wait a little while and you'll see the Catholic blending in in your yep. church service. And then you'll know what I'm talking about. Then you better run. You better run. Seriously. You better. Understanding the Jesuit agenda. Um, he says, he starts off, the new pope chosen by the Roman Catholic Church will be very interesting to follow. He's the first Jesuit. You know Pope Frankie is a Jesuit. Oh, good night. Yeah, he Frankie's is. Frankie's a Jesuit. He's the first Jesuit chosen to be pope. Uh, he's already uh, bowed down to an idol of Mary, adored the Eucharist during the first uh, full days of pope. He's a Jesuit. He's a Marian. That means he's a Mary worshiper and a worshiper of the Eucharist. Uh, let's see. Ba ba ba. Who are the Jesuits? Let me go here. Since its foundation, the Catholic papacy has been zealous and often brutal in its endeavor to establish the kingdom of the Pope. That's what it is. Not the kingdom of Christ. The kingdom of the Pope. Mm-hmm. They believe within the Catholic Church that the Pope is the representative of Jesus Christ on earth. He's the vicar of Christ. You know that. Mm-hmm. He's just he's, He has more authority than Jesus does. These people are deranged, spiritually deranged Satanists. In fact, the Pope has been referred to as the Vicar of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't make your skin crawl. Yeah. This determination was witnessed during the Inquisition, where countless thousands, if not millions, died cruelly for resisting Rome. Mm-hmm. Look at Fox's Books of Martyrs. Yeah. Describes all this stuff. Weird. I had some technical difficulties, so I had to uh, splice in here. Anyway, since uh, many believers in Christ during the Reformation period attempted to spread the truth that God's word was truly God's word, the Reformation, folks, the Reformation, right? And that God's word could not be squandered and kept hostage by the papacy and the Catholic Church. So it was not long before the counter-Reformation was founded to bring the separated brethren back to the mother of all churches. Folks, historically, look this up if you get a chance. Historically, mm-hmm. there was a thing called the Counter-Reformation. It was it was to counter the Reformation. It was to counter what, what Martin Luther did, the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg Door, mm-hmm. John Calvin, um, Zwigli, all those guys. There was a Counter-Reformation, and it was headed by Ignatius Loyola. You know the, the university or the college called Loyola University? Yep. It's named after this clown. Yep. He founded the Jesuit order in the mid-1500s, and he launched an all-out attack against those who dared stand against the papacy of Rome. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. And the emperor Ferdinand, mm-hmm. he hated the Bohemian Protestants so bad. And he, he oppressed them, but he, he thought he needed to go further. He instituted a high court to prosecute the reformers on the plan of an inquisition. And this court traveled from place to place with a body of soldiers, troops, and they conducted chiefly by Jesuits. And uh, there was no decision. There was no appeal. There was nothing. And they just killed people. Yeah. And their whole, they got so bad, they even got kicked out of, um, the uh, Catholic church for a while, but they were, they're so rooted in the United States. They were rooted in the United States, like right from the beginning. Um, they hold, you look at, you look at our politicians and the schools, our politicians uh, have attended both present and the past. And, and, and it's like 90% Jesuit. I'm not kidding you folks. And their big deal was to get into education and change people. But they're on every, they're in the judicial system, they're in the educational system, they're in our politics, they're they're in the religion. They've now mingled with evangelical Protestants. They've messed with the Bible. When you read these other Bibles that are not King James Bibles, you know what they are? They're Jesuit Bibles. Mm-hmm. They're meant to, to disguise the truth and to deceive you. Yeah. So the Jesuits are everywhere. Their maxim was give us the education of the children of the day and the next generation will be ours. 
There was a Reverend W.C. Brownlee stated, he wrote, he wrote this, he compiled this big book called The Secret Instructions of the Jesuits. Um, and he stated, they pretended, the Jesuits pretended to be converted and to enter into Protestant churches. Mm-hmm. One Jesuit even boasted that the Jesuits were successfully able to imitate the Puritan preachers here in America. They used trickery and deception to become all things to all men. Within 48 years, there were 11,000 Jesuits around the world, quite a large number for back then. This was like 1773. You know, it's amazing that John 16:2 says, Jesus told his disciples that they shall put you out of synagogues, yea, and the time comes that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. Yeah. Wow. There it is right there. There it is right there. There is your Antichrist beast system. Mm-hmm. They're horrible, horrible reptilian serpents of Satan, and they hate God, and they hate Christ. And they're the ones behind a lot of this Christian deception. Yep. A lot of it. So anyway, enough of this idiot Professor Lou. Do you have anything on him uh, no, to add? Not really. Okay. Just basically, that's what he teaches. He, I mean, everything that he teaches is about sex, sex. and gender. Mm-hmm. That's how he interprets the New Testament. Exactly. At this Jesuit school. You see what I'm saying? I mean, if you if you type in his name, you know, go to our um, go to this story and then type his name in, and you'll see all this filth that he writes and how he interprets the New Testament, and it's disgusting. Oh man, that article is really really hard to read. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a short commercial break and then we will finish up. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you from all online digital retailers. God bless you all. (laughs) And we're back. We're back. That was quick. Okay, disgusting story. This one's sad. Oh, Lord. This is unbelievable. This is from a lawsuit. It's um, disturbing allegations in a 23-page federal lawsuit. And uh, it's here in the States, Grand Rapids, Michigan. It says, and I couldn't believe it when I read this, child sodomized by classmates. Kindergarten. (laughs) What, five years old? And around other five-year-olds. Yeah. See, that's not normal. That's okay? not normal. No. When I say that we've disintegrated into an amoral society, these these kids had five years to learn this? No. It's part of them. Mm-hmm. It's part of the zeitgeist. It's part of the demonic infestation. And see, that's you get when you see this. Then you can understand why in the Old Testament, a lot of, you know, when there was war, that women and children were also killed. Yes. Because they were like this. Yes. Evil. You couldn't take a Canaanite into your home Mm. and make it a slave. They're evil. They're possessed by serpents. Exactly. God God had laws that protected people from this. But we chose to just ignore all those natural boundaries. Mm-hmm. So this story says a Granville kindergarten student was sodomized by fellow classmates. They're five years old, folks. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten. With portions of the assaults recorded and shared, leading to the boy to cover himself with mulch to avoid more harassment. Mm-hmm. It's a lawsuit. Yeah. Yep. It's a disturbing allegation of a federal lawsuit filed by the parents of a boy who attended Century Park Learning Center when the boy was five years old. Of course, school officials did not protect the boy and turned a blind eye to the abuse once it was brought up to light. Parents of the boy identified in court records as Jimmy Doe claim. The assailants told Jimmy that if he did not cooperate with them or he told about the touching in pictures, they would not be his friends and they would say, the sexual activity was Jimmy's idea. Mm-hmm. Folks, they're in kindergarten. 
Now I haven't talked to a, a five-year-old kid in, I, I can't remember last time. It, I don't know if I've ever talked to a five-year-old kid to be honest <laughs> with you. I might have, I, I don't remember. So maybe, maybe they're sophisticated enough to use iPads and, and sodomize another five-year-old kid and threaten them and stuff. I don't remember that in my day. The Granville Public School Superintendent, Roger Birup, released a statement saying, oh, we can't respond to this. However, we assure that our focus shall always be safety, blah, 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 blah. The lawsuit claims the abuse started in 2014, continued all the way into 2015. It says four boys took Jimmy to the mudroom area of the classroom where they touched and sodomized him. They took photos of his genitals using classroom iPads. And, and you go, where's the teacher? Well, the teacher, Hillary Huberts, was attending the classroom's free time, whatever that means. So she wasn't around. They had free time to do whatever they wanted, like rape each other. The four boys directed Jimmy as to what and how he was to pose and for how long while the boys used classroom iPads to take photographs the images were continuously deleted to create space for additional photographs each time they attacked Jimmy. <coughs> Dissemination of the photos to other students led to continued harassment, you can imagine. Mm. And this poor kid was forced to dig hiding places beneath the playground equipment where he'd cover himself with mulch to, to try to hide. And the parents noted a physical and emotional deterioration in their son. Mm, of course, yeah. And they raised concerns at a parent-teacher conference. And the boy's mother asked for a police investigation. She was told by the principal, Tanya Shoup, that an investigation had already been completed and found no indication of coercion or assault. In fact, Shoup told the mother that she interviewed the four boys involved in taking photos. And the four boys said it had been Jimmy's idea to displays his junk, his genitals. Mm-hmm. In the classroom and that Jimmy had admitted to showing his privates and to having his picture taken. See. So uh, when, um, when the parents were told the pictures had been deleted and they could move Jimmy to another school if they wanted, another district. Yeah. They stressed that the pictures needed to be viewed in the context. Now check this out. The superintendent told the parents... They stressed that the pictures needed to be viewed in the context of kinder, kindergartner's normal curiosity. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's a normal curiosity to, to take another kid and sodomize him? Oh, and take pictures of him? That's a normal curiosity of, of, of a modern-day five-year-old? No. You need to call that kid then. You need to twist his little head off right now before he gets up to be an adult. If that's the case, according to the superintendent. Now, why does a reptilian always, they always protect the reptilians? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And he suggested that if the parents insisted on pressing the matter, Jimmy would be the one to be disciplined as he was the only child whose genitals were photographed. Wow. That's a good school. That's a good superintendent. These are really good. Granville Public School. I applaud you. I give you the green ass award. <laughs> really? That's so wrong. Oh, my goodness. Really? See? That's where we're at. Okay. Hmm. One more story. Should I do the... Yeah, I'm going to oh, do yeah, the... Oh, yeah, definitely. This is this just story. as... As perverse as the, yeah. the other stories we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Now check this out. Now I, I want to point out some key words on this because I know there's, there's some, uh, some people out there who's going to, they're going to fall for this. It's Easter week. There's all these, uh, Christian movies out. There's, yeah. um, Jesus Christ, superstar one, two, and three. There's the passion, the, this, the, that, and, uh, you're going to fall for this. Uh, it's not biblical truth. Most of it. None of it is. <laughs> it's coming out of Hollywood or whatever. None of it is. Alex Cooper. Everybody knows Alice Cooper. Everybody remember Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. He's a dude who made a whole career. Now, in my opinion, this is my opinion. You can disagree with me. 
I don't think Ellis Cooper had a lot of talent. He wasn't like a great singer. Um, maybe he was a good, maybe he probably put on a good show probably. Um, he wasn't a good singer. But anyway, he made his whole career uh, by dressing like a satanic demon. He wore makeup. He was one of the first weirdos to wear makeup on stage like a demon. Mm-hmm. And his shows were very um, occult, very dark, you know, uh, like a Satanist. Yeah. And he made, that's how he made his fame and fortune doing this. Right? You keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, Ellis Cooper believes his faith, there's the word. So when you hear this word faith, it's been hijacked from you. Yep. Like everything else that's biblical and exactly. Christian. He believes his faith saved him from alcoholism, temptations of rock star lifestyle. Not Jesus Christ, not the word of God, but his faith. So a lot of Christians, oh, he's faith, he's a Christian. Mm. It's not pastillo. It's not the Greek word pastillo is, is faith. It doesn't mean I just believe in Jesus. It's I'm relied on him. Mm-hmm. It's hijacked. Just like President uh, ex-former President Bush could write a book, you know, my faith, mm-hmm. my yeah. faith. Anytime you use that, you, you, know, <laughs> you know their faith is satanic. Ellis mm-hmm. Cooper had a major wake-up call 40 years ago when he found himself throwing up blood. And he says, everything that could go wrong was shutting down inside of me. I wonder why. Because you dress like a Satanist mm. and perform and led a whole generation of people into the occult? Huh. Well, he's preparing to reprise his role as King Herod in NBC's live version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay, those of you who are biblical Christians out there who are really trying to follow the way, would you ever be involved in the movie Jesus Christ Superstar? Of course not, because it's Antichrist. But the rocker who saw his good friends and fellow musicians die young knew he needed to clean up his act. He said he was drinking with Jim Morrison and Jimi Hendrix. He tried to keep up with Keith Moon. They all died at 27. So he said it was at that moment he knew he either had to give up drinking or he would die too. That's when he turned to his faith. That's 40 years ago. So he spent the last 40 years performing dressed like Satan. <laughs> he says, my wife and I are both Christian. He's 70 year old now. My father was a pastor. My grandfather was an evangelist. I grew up in the church. Now I want you to listen to this next statement. He says, I grew up in the church, went as far away as I could from it, Almost died. Here's the clincher. And then came back to the church. Who do you repent to? Christ. Jesus Christ. Who redeemed you? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. When you go back, when you return, when you repent from your sins, you don't turn to a church. You don't turn to a faith. You return to Yeshua HaMashiach. But this is how they hijack the little words. But this is how you can tell that this ain't real. Cooper acknowledges that a lot of people don't understand. They don't understand how I could be a rock musician but still be a Christian. You can't. Your fame and fortune was not given to you by God, Alice. Mm -hmm. Plus his name, Alice. (laughs) Promoting transgenderism before it was transgenderism. Oh, and now now listen to this, folks, and see if you agree with Alice. He says, quote, there's nothing in Christianity that says I can't be a rock star. Really? Yeah. But you notice he didn't say there's nothing in the Bible. There's nothing in Scripture or God's truth. He says in Christianity. What's his Christianity? Jesuit Catholicism? Mm -hmm. What is his Christianity? Oh, we don't know. Whatever he wants to believe. He says people have a very warped view of Christianity. (laughs) Really? And you don't. But the rest the rest of the uh, rest of us do. Because people like Kapow Radio Show, and here's what he says. They think it's all very precise and we never do wrong and we're praying all day and we're right wing. Mm-hmm. Really? Is that that's that's what it means to be a Christian, Alice? To be right wing? 
and to pray all day and be very precise and never do anything wrong. I, you don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And he says, it has nothing to do with that. And here's the clincher, folks, when you hear stuff like this. It has to do with a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That's basically true, isn't it? That you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. But they hijacked it to mean you throw out everything else. That's right. It's true that God is love, but he's not. God is, how do you say it, Ms. Capone? <laughs> love is not God. Love is not God. But it's true that God is love, but love is not God. And it's true that you have a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. It's true that he redeemed you personally, but it's not true that you reject the root, the, the word and the truth of Scripture because you have this, uh, you know, you're downloaded all the truth from heaven. That's not true. And that's the mixing, folks. That's the mixing of satanic pagan thought with your Christianity. Well, with this one, there's no repentance. Yes, no repent. There's no denying self and following Christ. Thank you. That's the difference. Thank you. Yeah, there's nothing in there about I turned away. He just said, ooh, oh, I saw people dying. And I thought, ooh, I better not do that. But I'm going to continue dressing like a Satanist and leading people to transgenderism or whatever. There was no change. Mm -mm. Ellis who first played the role of King Herod in 1996, London revival of Jesus Christ Superstar. The name itself, Jesus Christ Superstar, should make you cringe. But here's a Christian who has a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ playing in Jesus Christ Superstar. And I ask you, who is, who's his Jesus that he worships? Who's his little Jesus? And he spoke about being part of the upcoming live version starring John Legend. Mm. He revealed that his inspiration for the role comes from who? Jesus Christ? No. It comes from Ellen Rickman's portrayal of Professor Snap in Harry Potter. (laughs) So Ellis is a very intelligent, brilliant man, isn't he? Because he watches Harry Potter. He's 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 enamored by Ellen Rickman as an actor. You know what he loved? that condescending sort of arrogant character. Mm. And I kind of fashioned what I would do after what I thought Ellen Rickman would do if he were alive. Oh, come on. So anyway, he says he's been married to his wife for 41 years. He's never had an affair on anybody else. And uh, I'm supposed to believe that as Ellis Cooper, the rock star, and that he's never uh, done drugs or anything like that for 40. I'm supposed to believe all that. He's never cheated on her. And, uh, I got music in my ear. I got music in my ear. Oh. And that tells me it's time to go home. And what perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah, it just blasted in my head. Okay. Because because well. somebody didn't mute it. <laughs> um, and I think that somebody might have been me. Oh, no. So Ellis Cooper is... You know what's funny, too? I it just... I read some of the comments on this article and there's all these little atheists and they're so pissed off because Ellis Cooper said he was a Christian, you know, mm. and, um, you know, they're so antichrist and, you know, Jesus was no more real than Captain Crunch, one guy writes. And, and some mm. of these people are defending it and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, you're just as stupid as a Christian who would believe he's a Christian. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, they're mad because Ellis Cooper said he's a Christian. Wow. Oh, I love Jesuits and Kabbalists. Uh, Let me just read Deuteronomy 7, 9 through 11. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And he repays them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hates him. Mm. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments, which I command thee this day to do them. See, and that's why I, I don't, I, you can do whatever you want, but I personally just don't feel sorry for these people because they've made their choices. Mm-hmm. They've purposely at one point said, I'm no longer going to believe 
in truth or morality or God or anything he says or commands. And I'm just going to do my own thing. Because the lizard said, I'd be wise. And I shall surely not die. Yeah. And I'm not going to die. I'm going to live forever. And that's not true. And it's and I can't feel sorry for him. You know? They make these choices. Anyway, it was a tough show, folks, because it's just filthy. It just gets filthy. We can't do a show any week that's just not pure filth. It's just the way it is. Um, hope you understand that. Mm-hmm. I hope you all learned something tonight. Ciao, babies. Good night. <laughs>